Hello, everyone, and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is... I'm Candice Lepage. Uh, so it's good timing uh, this week that uh, we get Candice scheduled on the show right before Halloween. The show immediately before Halloween is a Candace episode. It feels like fate. Yes, yes, it's perfect. Wouldn't it have been hilarious if I had not chosen a horror movie this week? <laughs> I'm just going to defy everybody's expectations and we're going to do a, a period drama. <laughs> are we talking about are we talking about a horror movie? No, no, no. We're going to review uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise. That is our Halloween pick. No, no, no. Of course not. That would be... Uh, th- that would probably... Sacrilege. I, don't know. I believe yeah. sacrilege is the word. Sacrilege is good. I, I think it would undermine our efficacy as a movie's uh, review show. Um, but that's not how it's going to go this week. Nobody would ever take me seriously anymore. That's right. Your your letterbox uh, following would, would dip way back. Plummet. Plummet. Yep. Yep. And credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new horror legacy sequel, Conclusion, Halloween Kills, which you can now see in a theater near you. And uh, many of you have, because uh, it's been making some bank um, and uh, generating, uh, along with generating all the money, been generating a lot of takes. Uh, (laughs) So much conversation. (laughs) Oh, the discourse. The discourse. Yes, yes, yes. Film Twitter will never be the same, Um, which is exactly what David Gordon Green was going for. Uh, Anywho. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the back half of the show. For the first half, uh, we are going to debate, finally, which is the best horror franchise of all time. And this can be taken several different ways. Um, so l- before we get into the picks, uh, Candice, what were some of your considerations going into this? Well, I mean, obviously, Halloween had to be on the table as a consideration. Mm-hmm. Um uh you know especially because i'm i'm a big fan of um uh religious horror as well so you know Mm -hmm. the omen the -hmm. exorcist someone i was trying to talk to someone about how we had to come up with this this week and they're like how many franchises are there and i was like hold on a second let me list them off these are all the ones i own in box sets that's right that's right (laughs) so there are more than you think it's not just freddie and jason and michael um there's there's a psycho franchise people Mm -hmm. people may not be aware that they made three film sequels to psycho and i guess you could probably throw bates motel in there that's like it's a a reimagining prequel kind of dealy so um oh and then there's the psycho shot for shot psycho remake so that's yeah I, i think that can be included as well so um you, th- there are franchises everywhere. Um, some of the so it, it was a consideration of mine not to go too obvious. It was also a consideration of mine to focus on quality and variety. Mm. So I'm th- wondering if we're going to end up actually with the with the same same pick. But yeah, it was a real like what makes it best? Do I watch it more often? 
Is it most consistent? Is it like, what is it? So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this was a difficult week. I was really, I was really figuring until suddenly I just went, <laughs> oh, now I know, I know. And I feel very, I feel 100% positive about my choice. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, I, I have designed this, I've designed my picks as kind of, um, I don't want to say spoilers per se, but um, they are probably not the most obvious picks in the world. Um, but I think uh, there, there's a danger in going too obvious. Um, so what we're going to do is lay out our three nominees and our justifications for nominating them. And then um, after we, we come to the end of uh, naming all our nominees, we will try and figure out which in, in which order they go to from one to potentially six in case there isn't any crossover, but um, there might be crossover and uh, I might be persuaded by Candace's choice and Candace may be persuaded by mine. We'll have to see how this shakes out. So the nominees are Candace. Who's your first nominee? Well, so immediately when this question comes up, I, I usually say Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. um, when people say, like, who's your favorite villain? What's your favorite movie series? Whatever. I say Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and it's, you know, for for a number of reasons. One is sort of, you know, when it sort of came into my life. Mm -hmm. um, I had seen the original, but like Dream Warriors number three was sort of the first movie that really sort of um, was present in, in my life. And, you know these kids who are all in this hospital it was just it was so um even though they all die it was so life-affirming <laughs> <laughs> and so it just sort of came at like the perfect time i was just like a pre-teen kind of like 12 or 13 at the time which is exactly when you're sort of looking for those those stories on top of that um you know it's one of the rare series where it's the same person playing the villain the whole time robert england mm. is freddy krueger in every single nightmare on elm street film except for the remake and not only that he's also played freddy krueger in you know uh, tv shows and in all sorts of things um so i think that that really says a lot that because you know some people sort of like or dislike the fact that freddy became kind of the actual star of the film mm -hmm. um but you know so much of that is because of of robert england so i think that says a lot when it's the same person playing the character the whole time it really um you know you're really watching that through line mm -hmm. so and then plus dreams dreams man they're scary hmm uh my my brief my immediate reaction is uh one three seven are the highlights of that series um two two is interesting to revisit now because of all the sort of metatextual stuff around it that no one when it came out well i shouldn't say mm -hmm. no one but you know it's it's kind of been reclaimed through the lens of of you know essentially being queer horror now um but you know when you get to four five six uh even freddie versus jason it's uh i i, I don't know it, it feels it feels like it kind of petered out there 
Um, all right, here's my first pick, and I went uh, back in time for this one, but I don't know if people in the modern era would truly appreciate the Universal Classic Monsters mm. as a film franchise, but they really should because it's probably closer to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is like sort of the thing, first thing we think about when, when it comes to franchises now. Um, it's probably closer to that than any other horror franchise. We're talking about 41 movies over 25 years from 1931 to 1956. And of course, there's the classics like Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Um, but you also get crossovers. You get um, there's three different Abbott and Costello movies where they cross paths with a monster from from the franchise. <laughs> um there's uh there's also a whole uh Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which is like a uh kind of a maybe you'd call it like a, a Thor Ragnarok situation where it's like a Thor and a Hulk story. Um but you also get, you know, these I mean Frankenstein Dracula, they're all kind of based on uh different works, but you also bring in Phantom of the Opera. You bring in um uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe stories. There's Murder in the Rue Morgue and The Raven as well. Um, you get like spinoffs because there's like Dracula's Daughter, Son of Dracula, Invisible Woman, and of course, Bride of Frankenstein. One of the best mm -hmm. movies of this franchise is itself essentially a spinoff where it uses Frankenstein to introduce a whole new character. Um, and of course, like, even if you're not aware of just how influential these movies are, um, I mean, there's you know, the, the, the Rob Zombie Munsters, which we reviewed last week tim and i reviewed essentially the first 25 minutes of that movie is rob zombies frankenstein except i mean it's it's all because herman munster is literally frankenstein it's mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. that's kind of yep. how it's processed is that he's making a universal monster movie using the monsters um and his own sensibilities and of course you know the dark the dark universe was a debacle but on the other hand those you know brendan fraser mommy movies pretty mm -hmm. fun uh, you get the Invisible Man, Lee Wanell's uh, take on on that story. Pretty scary, pretty frightening, pretty um, prescient for for today. So, um, you know, we're still feeling the effects of this movie, even if you this franchise, even if you're not seeing it. So, I think if this isn't number one, it's definitely top three material. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I. You know, when you say that, yes, I agree that it is a franchise. Mm -hmm. um, I like the 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 sort of like Marvel idea. It's like all <laughs> these sp different characters, but they exist in the same universe. I'm like, okay, yeah, I buy that. I buy mm -hmm. that. Hmm. Um, my next one. Oh my goodness, which which of the many? Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm. Um, I think I'm just going to stick. I'm just sticking pedestrian for these ones. Okay. Okay. You know, I just like best feels best a lot feels to me like, you know, favorites, favorites to watch. And um, even though it's, it's, uh, even though Halloween is actually one of them, I'm just, because we're going to talk a lot about Halloween after I'm just leaving it out, I would say Halloween is probably on there. But I actually, you know, the Friday the 13th franchise. I mm. I quite like it. I think, um, you know, up until kind of the the Jason movies, mm -hmm. so the first eight Friday the Thirteenth films, they're pretty solid. Like they do, they just do the same thing over and over again. And there is mm -hmm. something really comforting about that. Mm -hmm. You know, 
what am I showing up for? I'm going to see, it's not necessarily a guy in a hockey mask, but I'm going to see a big hulking person (laughs) killing camp counselors. It's, it's what, you know, it, it delivers exactly what you want. And it did that pretty well for a while. And I think the only reason why they ended up really sort of changing things around was because movies were changing a little bit. Mm. Um, but I would say that people still sort of wanted exactly what was being delivered as you can continue to see mm. how many movies still just do that basic premise, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. group of teenagers goes to the cabin and gets killed. <laughs> group of teenagers go to a camp and get killed. Group of teenagers are out for a drive, get pulled over on the side of the road and get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's just good clean fun. Yeah. What's fun too about the Friday the 13th is because you know, unlike some franchises, there's no one person who kind of is the final girl over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. There are like, you know, it it sort of changes every movie or every couple of movies. And so it's such a <laughs> such a rich franchise that you can get into these really like these conversations about like who played the best Jason because unlike Freddy Krueger, it's a different actor many times. So who played the best Jason and what was it about this portrayal of this person who does not talk that, you know, why are some people better than others at it? Yeah. Who was the best final girl? Why, why were they the best final girl? Who do you think should have, you know, mm-hmm. so you can really with other fans of the series, you can really get into these conversations about the minutiae of this ridiculous franchise. It's just like group of teens in a camp get murdered. Like you wouldn't think this is why I love horror. Because you wouldn't think that there'd be that much to talk about, but there is. So Friday the Thirteenth, and you know what? It's got lasting power, man. Hmm. Um. I I do wonder in the case of Friday the Thirteenth because it's been like over ten years since we got a new one, and like nobody's really talking about it because uh, of like this legal minutia mm-hmm. that is is going around essentially. Um, the the producer the, the the original screenwriter is trying to get it back get the rights back and uh the producer is fighting that because uh basically on the ground that this wasn't the writer's intellectual property he was hired to actualize an idea from the producers which was to write this um story about um slaughter at summer camp so it's it's interesting it's interesting because I think there's more of a nostalgic glow because there's no new Friday the 13th to revisit. We have to go back to the old ones. Mm-hmm. And I think like as we're recording this, like AMC is running like a, a weekend long Friday the 13th marathon, which in order naturally. Yeah. As they uh, should be. As they should be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are some interesting things like you get the first three movies, which is essentially like building up Jason's character. Then you get the Tommy Jarvis trilogy and then you get... uh you get the the one where it's essentially Carrie versus Jason mm-hmm. and then you get, you know, Jason takes Manhattan, which there's like two minutes of actual shot New York footage in it, which is hilarious. Um, Jason get, takes a boat to Manhattan. Yeah. And you get, yeah. 
<laughs> you get, you know, the 3D of uh, the final Friday or the final. Yeah, the final Friday. And then um, you get Jason X, which is like in space and is kind of zippy and, and self-referential. And yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of variety in there. It's kind of incredible uh, what they do with the format. Um Along similar lines, my next pick is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ooh. which um, eight or nine movies, I think now. I didn't, I didn't add them all up before. <laughs> I think it's nine. Um, but I mean, of course, starts with two Toby Hooper original, and then here's there's another right situation where uh, you know it was tied up for years, and then finally it, the the rights kind of get free, and it go to goes to canon of all cockamamie places, and it's like you know uh sunset days um where they're trying desperately to stay afloat and they're constantly moving money from one place to the other and buying up names so that they think are going to be heads and texas chainsaw is one of those and it's instead of getting like something akin to the original they get this like oily black comedy that's even grosser than the the first one and then they have dennis hopper in there as a as the the uncle of the the two main characters in the original um and i mean his entire he was so wild in that film (laughs) his entire like his entire arc leads up to him taking a chainsaw and you know (laughs) staring down the 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 family's hideout at this amusement park it just just as he's like screaming it's the devil's playground um which is great and then there's like the the chainsaw duel between leatherface and dennis hopper at the end which is uh so beautiful to watch um probably (laughs) i can't imagine there was insurance on that project but uh (laughs) you get leatherface uh part three which is uh you know it's something then you go to the the next generation which is kind of notable for the fact that it stars matthew mcconaughey and and renee selwiger before Mm -hmm. they were famous um and then you get into the platinum dunes like reboots which also which not you know not only kind of recaptured you know i i think people underestimate how good that remake is because one of the things that really captures is that sense of like summer in texas where you can practically smell the the sweat and the and uh the perspiration on the actors and it that and of course, you know, it ends up setting the tone for all the other remakes that come after that, including the other Platinum Dooms remakes. Um, and I mean, and even after that, you know, some of the movies, like the, the movies they've made subsequently in the last 10 years have been great. You get Texas Chainsaw 3D, Leatherface, which is a, essentially another prequel. And then the most recent one, they're not great execution wise, but there are sort of interesting ideas at the heart of them that, you know, maybe if competently explored with like some screenwriting craft that could have been a bit more interesting, but um, you know, I, I, I think in terms of variety and we were talking about that variety factor in Friday, um, there's a lot going on in Texas chainsaw massacre. Um, you know, so I, I just think like, it's one of those things where you can like, it's, it, the name is so notorious. You can pull sort of any, any, entry and you know it's probably going to have an audience that will find it appealing i mean the recent texas chainsaw massacre movie on netflix i wasn't a fan but i mean it was one of the most watched things streaming that week so um that so- week that's that's how long the uh, <laughs> the hits last on netflix it's it's true but i mean i i think the, the point stands there's something for everybody in the texas chainsaw uh tril- the texas chainsaw franchise mm-hmm 
All right, numero tres. All right, I am going with Mr. Charles Lee Ray, Chucky. Oh, Child's yes. Play, the Child's Play franchise. I think is um, it's sort of an underrated franchise. Like, it's one of those things where people don't really think about it when they think, you know, who are your favorite villains? And people go, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, and then mm-hmm. they start going, who else is there? Um, but yeah this is and like it is a very wild and zany ride through the (laughs) entire uh, franchise of of Mm -hmm. child's play and chucky Mm -hmm. um but it's been the same person at the helm writing every single thing the whole time so even when it takes a dramatic turn and gets really meta and has uh, Jennifer Tilly playing Jennifer Tilly being attacked by the doll who's possessed by the character who was played by Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it goes so zany, but yet it's still, um, uh, you know, it's still helmed by the same guy. And on top of that, he manages to make all of that canon. Yeah, you know, right down to there was just a ten or thirteen episode limited series. Um, that came out last year. It's in season on, two now. Yeah, there's season two is gonna gonna start airing soon, and I'm very excited. And I could not believe while watching this television show, I was like, "How have they managed?" First of all, <laughs> this is a great story. It's a really good, like, well told story. They're really, you know, dealing with some some stuff that kids go through, while also bringing in Nika, bringing in Tiffany, bringing yeah. in Jennifer Tilly, bringing in the original uh, Andy. Andy Barkley and his sister Kyle from Elise. He has this like we have to believe <laughs> that everything that happened in this series is all canon and all exists in the same universe because in every one of them he ties them all together. That's right. And in season 2 he's bringing in Glenn Glenda Yep. the the child the, the seed of seed or or the daughter yes the non-binary child yes of, the non-binary yeah. child of of uh chucky and uh tiffany and i mean and that's a big part of the series too like certainly now it leans in a lot more heavily into the the um queerness of it Mm-hmm. of the whole thing you know with seed of chucky and having a non-binary child and then even on the tv show and with nika being um possessed by chucky and so then as a woman acting as a man mm-hmm. and on top of that this is all fiona duraf who is actually the daughter, daughter of- <laughs> like it's just yeah. yeah it's just like this <laughs> this it's this work of art that's like how how many bizarre things had to line up for all of this to happen and to actually be so well done mm-hmm. but with don mancini at the head the whole time and clearly you know when you do go back to the first three films now with that lens now that he's so open about it and has has leaned so heavily into it you can go back to those original films and go oh actually i see it here too like he was still mm-hmm. even in the very first film right andy barkley was kind of a weird kid and you kind of go there was something a little funny about him. He probably, you know, was not identifying with his other classmates. Why he's like willing to take this doll to go to a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> so that the doll can go find, a, you know, the guy who, who like 
turned him in or whatever to kill him. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, it's Chucky uh, slash Child's Play. There you go. Also, one of the better remakes is the Child's Play remake. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think one of the threads here is like the kind of the active involvement of like the uh, of a main creative force whether that's you know robert england as freddie or don mancini and chucky and, and that kind of falls in my third pick the evil dead franchise mm. where it's like sam raimi and robert tappert have sort of been there through it all even if raimi isn't directing so you get evil dead like straight up hardcore horror you get evil dead 2 which is some of that like it's it's I'm going to call it splatter stick. I don't know if that's a real word, but it's like slapstick, but with, <laughs> yeah. with blood and guts and things. Um, and then you get uh, Army of Darkness, which is kind of more fantasy. Um, kind of, you know, speaking of canon, it feels like kind of like a canon fantasy movie made in like the early 80s. Um, and then you go right back to Evil Dead, the, the 2013 remake or reboot or requel or whatever you want to call it which goes right back to the hardcore horror again, um, gender flipping the protagonist with um, Jane Levy as, uh, as the, actually she's not even fighting the deadites in it. She is, she is possessed by the deadites and it's about her brother trying to save her at least until the final scene where uh, the Jane Levy character, Maya gets to uh, gets her turn to fight for her soul. Um, and then we get it, we're getting another Evil Dead film next year, Rises, and I'm interested to see because uh, that seems to be maybe, although uh, Raimi and Tappert are still kind of producers on that, I, I think there's probably going to be a little more artistic license for the creators to do something different. So I'll be interested to see what happens. And I had to choose between either the Evil Dead franchise or the the Living Dead franchise because I, I didn't want mm. like two zombie franchises I, i've went evil dead because i think there's more of a creative consistency even though the living dead movies were all directed by ramiro i think there's a, a you know you get the trilogy night dawn day but then when you get land of the dead which has its merits dennis hopper again yeah. um, <laughs> but uh and then you get survival and diary or is that diary and survival it's just it's kind of just it, it's not you know by that point it, i think i'm not sure how much ramiro had left to say about the genre but so i went with evil dead all right so um we have for me evil dead texas chainsaw and universal monsters from candace we have nightmare friday and chucky you know what? I'm going to give it to you Friday because I I just think like if 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 you said you want to watch a nightmare movie or an Evil Dead movie or a Texas Chainsaw or Chucky or, and or Friday, um, you're probably going to go with Friday because you know you know you're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like I'm I once I sort of put my mind to it, I was like, damn, that Child's Play franchise just it's solid. It's fun. Uh, unlike friday where you know you could put anyone on and know what you're going into mm-hmm. with with child's play you can go what do i want to watch today do i want to watch a horror do i want to watch a zany do i want to watch like you know sort of like a psychological horror mm. do i want to watch a teen like <laughs> you know drama with kills and you can just choose you can pick and choose what what genre you want and and find it in the series all right when you say chucky's second Okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, Friday was my pick, so I... Okay, yeah. No, I, I'm just curious. Um, yeah, 
I, I don't know. Like, if, if we're just like talking about like a strict standard of like, you just want to go pull something off the shelf at like random and just like, or look up something. I guess I guess more people stream than <laughs> than have massive collections of horror franchises. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of sad because I, I I'm not sure if there's like any place like even Shutter where like you kind of have like the collections of these franchises in sort of one place where you can just like yeah click, click 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 and hit play on um you know something like texas chainsaw massacre 2 which i think is on hollywood suite right now i know um, i've been trying to rewatch one well, or and watch in some cases the entire texas chainsaw and it's been really tough like mm-hmm. i've watched one two um the new generation which i think is technically four mm-hmm. because halloween three which is called Halloween three Leatherface, but is not the movie Leatherface. Right. It's Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, I haven't been able to find that streaming anywhere and it's, everything's been on different. It's a real mess. It's a real mess out there. I did rewatch, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two a couple of weeks ago. And it's funny. It's such a comment on Reagan, the Reagan era. Cause you have the, the cook, like in the middle of the chainsaw fight, you have the cook like hiding under, uh under the the floor like talking about like this is how a small businessman is treated in america and <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's such a weird thing and then there's the scene where he says the leatherface sex or the saw because he's yeah. leatherface has uh a crush on this radio dj but oh there's so much uh so much anyway let's uh take a break here and then come back with uh the one we haven't talked about yet halloween we're gonna review halloween ends uh, but will it? You're listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. different he's more dangerous okay then that was a clip from halloween ends it's the new film from david gordon green and it stars jamie lee curtis andy matichek nick castle rowan campbell kyle richards james june courtney and will Patton. this is end credits and uh so we have that name in common and anyway (laughs) um 
so this is the end of the <laughs> of course not even david gordon green is saying like well you know it's not maybe not the end it's the end of my trilogy but who knows what tomorrow will bring so um i mean it's i was just looking up the box office here because as we're recording um it, halloween ends fell to fourth place over the weekend so it's um interesting it's got it fell below smile smile seems to be the new thing uh, people are loving smile but um so I, that may be a reflection of the the I don't want to say controversy, but the uh, the conflicted discussion around this <laughs> film. So why don't you kick us off, Candice, by talking about how you felt coming out of Halloween Ends? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely conflicted. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> with Halloween Kills, I um, I wasn't a f- I I didn't like the experience of watching the movie because I found characters objectionable and but i also felt like that was exactly the story that was being told and that it was well Mm. done so i defend Mm -hmm. halloween kills Mm um i kind of feel the same way about this movie except i actually also think i like it like as i was watching (laughs) it i was like all i could think sitting in my seat was oh man are halloween fans ever going to be angry about this they are going to be screaming bloody murder about mm-hmm. what this movie is doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of entertained me just to think about it. <laughs> um, but then also sort of watching it, I was like, I also kind of like, I like what's happening on screen. I like the story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. Am I okay with the final Halloween movie not being about Michael Myers? Is Am I okay with that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely felt like this is a movie I would rewatch for sure. Like easy. I would, I would put it on any, any time to watch again. Um, because I think if we just sort of take away the, the, <laughs> the baggage of 40 years of Michael Myers <laughs> and Halloween and, you know, the audience expectation. Yeah. I think it was great. Like, I think this was a really good film that had a really interesting idea and I really, really liked it. I mean, th- that expectation has kind of been goosed by the marketing, too, um, which, like, I think the only trailer for this is like a one minute trailer. Where it's like, Laurie, Michael, finish it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then that's to be so- fair, I try to just not bother watching trailers now. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, like, I know if I'm going to see something, it's fine. I understand. But I mean, that's kind of the way it was boosted. And that's one of the things I will say about this movie in, in terms of the negative is like it's a confrontation you essentially have been building up and the confrontation you brought people to the theater to see feels so tacked on the last mm-hmm. 20 minutes feel so tacked on um, because you're getting like something that's really quite interesting uh, through the other three quarters of the film. And then he comes to this is like, Oh okay i guess they have to fight because it's yeah halloween right ends. we actually have to end <laughs> halloween now yeah. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it, and i don't know if it's a functioning of you know they had an interesting idea that they wanted to pursue more than you know another laurie michael showdown and, and yeah or, or because they did that already um i'm also n- i'm not sure how this sort of like casts a light on the previous two chapters in this 
trilogy um because now it's one of those things right where whenever i you know you talk about this hold hold on to hold on for a minute when you talk about the star wars prequels i sort of talked about star wars in this but when you talk about the star wars <laughs> everybody else is so <laughs> when you talk about the star wars prequels um like the biggest problem with that maybe not the biggest problem but one of the big problems is the the narrative flow of that movie where you get 10% of the story in part 1 10% of the story in part 2 and then you get 80% of the story in part 3 and there's such a, the narrative is is so concussive at that point it's it's just it, it's just you're blowing through story potential um you kind of forget the fact that in the, the subsequent chapters um you know maybe you could have if, if you were designing the trilogy differently, maybe you could space that out a bit more so you didn't feel like you had to slog through one and two. And I'm not saying the other previous two Halloween chapters are a slog, but there's a definite feeling like if this is kind of where we're going with this, I wish we could have just got there. This idea that Michael Myers has been such a pestilence on this place. Um, and because, you know, he disappeared into the ether at the end of Halloween kills and nobody knows what happened to him. It leaves this void, this like void of darkness that nobody can kind of expel or exercise. And so it needs a person to, 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 I guess, embody that, to personify that. And this is this poor kid, Corey, who in the course of babysitting accidentally kills uh the, the boy he was babysitting and it's like a freak accident no way to like anticipate mm -hmm. that would have happened but because it happened because he killed a kid while babysitting and you know babysitting is kind of a watchword when you're talking about halloween he becomes the proxy for the boogeyman and what kind of effect does that have on a person and this whole you know trilogy has been about trauma and the effect on people and that's a real interesting angle of this like how does trauma affect the guy who people are saying he's the source of our trauma and or or so, someone who they make a boogeyman because you need a boogeyman because you know whatever issues are going on are usually too big for people to wrap their head around unless it's a person unless you can tie things back to a person and in this case it's this unfortunate young guy named Corey um you know how, how what what's that effect on him and that's an interesting movie and if we had if we had to slog through and again they're not a slog necessarily but if you had to slog through halloween and halloween kills to get here um i wonder if there was a way to tell this story without having to fall into some of those traps that we had to go through earlier with the whole thing about laurie trapping michael and then the whole evil dies tonight <laughs> that we lived through it just you know this is there, there is something really meaty here that i wish we didn't have to sit through two movies in order to get to yeah i i kind of half agree with you so i still think that um halloween 2018 and halloween kills mm -hmm. were um good films and they had a story and that they were it was essential part of this story about how this sort of one violent act or two violent acts i guess because first he killed his sister went away and then came back mm -hmm. but how these how these violent acts have really affected people and had these ripple effects and so i think that those two films were good in showing like here's one way that it affected someone right like laurie 
like becoming a survivalist and here's another way that it affected like the whole town by becoming like just a mob mentality Mm. and then this third one here's sort of yet another way that you know and, and in some ways it's a bit of an extension of that whole mob mentality part where you know they knew that Corey wasn't really michael and so they couldn't really do what they did in halloween kills they couldn't act that way towards him but yet still sort of this insidious sort of thing and so i i do think that there is value to the other two films to put us as the audience on the path of oh okay these movies aren't actually about michael myers which is what nobody wanted like people want (laughs) like and and maybe i'm i don't think i'm part of it but i understand people are like I want Michael Myers movie. I want, this is why, you know, we sort of say like Friday the 13th is the best franchise. Cause what is it? It is about a bunch of teenagers going to get killed by a man in yeah, at camp who may or may not be wearing a hockey mask. Like that's what it is. <laughs> and people wanted Halloween to be that. And part of it is because so many of the, the like other eight films in the trilogy are that, mm-hmm. you know, and so when we got to to this one, everyone was like, oh, great, we're going to see that. But then we're also going to see like Laurie actually take take him on. Mm. But that really is it. like the story that we're telling in this, this trilogy isn't actually about Michael Myers. It's about that sort of evil and ripple effect. Yeah. What I do wish, though, is that we had had more than one movie with Corey, because I do feel like. Yeah, he he definitely changed quickly. Like we saw him before the accident and then we actually you know saw the accident which was i mean that was the opening of this movie was really good like that was just a real like wow that was really well done and really shocking yeah we saw that we saw him be reintroduced and he clearly had like some shadows and he had you know he it's had an effect on him obviously i mean period being the cause for someone's death has an effect on us as humans Mm. but his turn just seemed fast Mm. and Mm. i and there were some ways that too i just sort of didn't actually like the role that michael myers played in his turn i'm Mm -hmm. like what is happening like are we supposed to be feeling like there's some sort of like actual supernatural thing here Mm-hmm. Or just like a, you know, like a twinning kind of thing or which mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be supernatural, but, you know, but that there's some sort of bond or are like, I, I think that Corey could have, you know, had a longer, like, I would have watched more movie as we sort of see him turn into this. I mean, we kind of get that with Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really was not a fan of hurt there were many times in all of the movies that i was just like can we just kill this character like i just <laughs> i don't i don't like her as a character um and personally as a person who watches a lot of horror movies to me according to the rules she should have died so many times but um you know we do sort of see her similar with her though i still kind of felt at this movie i was just like i don't know man you seem really messed up like in a very different way like mm-hmm it was hard for me to understand her relationship choices mm. and why she felt this kinship with mm-hmm. Corey. So again, like, I just feel like I wish 
that there had been more time to tell this story because I really liked it, but it felt a little rushed. And then, of course, now it's like, oh, right. And then Michael. Yeah, the the romance is the biggest part of this. I mean, or, or the biggest issue, I think, is um, be, that, you know, that, that it accelerates so fast because I don't really get the sense that there was a lot of chemistry between Rowan Campbell and Addy Matichek. And, you know, it's, um, it just, she always kind of seems standoffish about it. And of course the whole thing about, you know, putting Corey and, and Allison together is like Lori's idea because Lori's become like Martha Stewart, um, since the subsequent, uh, uh, uh the previous Halloween. And, um, you know, so she's like, well, here's this broken kid. He needs, you know, something good in his life. You know, I'll introduce him to my granddaughter who's also broken and maybe together and they're broken this, they can heal each other, which there's a certain kind of like really optimistic psychology to that, <laughs> which I, I kind of appreciate. But at the same time, um, I, I, I never really believe just how, like, I, I don't know what the influence there was, like if it was um uh what's the the movie badlands where it's kind of like oh you know boy meets girl boy and girl go on killing spree together or you know <laughs> kind, kind of encourage each other to 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 commit crimes let's say but yeah it, it just it it felt like really half thought and i you know i'm sure the actors did their best but i really didn't feel that 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 heat coming off the actors either but i mean again there is or there's like really interesting ideas with this and i i i think you and i agree that there should have been more space to to sort of explore that more and i don't know how you would how you would do that um or how we, you know maybe this is the problem of trying to serve two masters at the same time one is like telling trying to tell this interesting character-based story and the other is you know wanting to tell the <laughs> the ultimate halloween tale um but yeah it's I'm probably I'm probably more bullish on this movie than um, a lot of people. I just I there's something to this, and I I might have to see it again um, to sort of try and appreciate that. I have I have not had the willingness to revisit Halloween Kills. Uh, and God knows I tried the other night, but I just <laughs> was like, I was just like it's because it's right there on Crave, and I was, and I, and I was just like, oh, I don't even want to click play but um i would definitely cl click play on this again i i i want to kind of explore this these some of these ideas a bit more there there is something there is something here and i don't know what it is and i don't know why it isn't as effective as it could could have been but it's it's this may be not very high praise, but at least it's more coherent than some of the other times that Halloween's kind of gone off script, you know, something like the, you know, Halloween six with the, uh, you know, the circle of the black thorn, which they're trying to yeah. throw in new stuff to sort of revitalize the effort. And it just, it comes off as um, not altogether coherent. There's, this is definitely a, a very coherent effort that just couldn't get all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do wonder, like, I think, um like i i'm okay like with david gordon green i think that he did mm -hmm. a very good job he had mm -hmm. a clear he had some clear ideas of what he wanted to say mm -hmm. and didn't really worry about you know the fans or giving the fans what they wanted yeah but of course i do think that there was still 
the studio was sort of like, well, no, I mean, like, it's still Michael Myers, like we need Michael Myers. So I think that he probably did lose a few arguments <laughs> yeah. in, in production. Um, but, but I just like, I respect the fact that he was just like, look, like this is, this is the story. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then on top of the fact that like after Halloween kills came out and people were so angry about that film, mm. he just sort of kept going like, no, it's, it's fine. Here you go. This is, it's, it's, you know, it's about evil and, and the effect it has on people. And that's, that's the story I'm telling deal mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, it's like, it's the rise of Skywalker of Halloween's. And it's like, well, if if this was the rise of Skywalker for Halloween's it would be all Michael all the time because rise yeah. of Skywalker was, you know, uniquely built to sort of re- re- to repair fan relationships and, and to repair fan trust. Yeah. And, and fan this is, service on screen. Right. And this isn't that. And, and what's interesting about this film is, or this trilogy, it sort of gives, like, it gives you the things you say you want. You want a straight up, like, movie long Michael Myers massacre. You get that in Halloween Kills. You want Laurie Strode to go all Sarah Connor on Michael Myers. You get that in Halloween 2018. So once you kind of do those two things, and I think this is sort of like a fundamental misunderstanding of the thing, it, it's Halloween ends essentially tells you it's not about Laurie and Michael. <laughs> because mm-hmm. if uh the crazy psychiatrist doesn't drive michael to literally drive michael to Lori's front door that confrontation doesn't happen yep. um and then the whole thing is like he's coming to the hospital to finish off Lori, and michael's like no i'm not i'm just gonna kill people as i'm walking down the street no problem i don't have to kill Lori. <laughs> so the move you know gordon green is kind of giving you all the clues it's like these where this is going is not where you are wanting it or expecting it to go we did the we did the death match we did the massacre so getting all that out of the way i want to do something else but yeah it just it trips that when you're talking about like there's a lot of studio notes there there was definitely <laughs> it's like the poochie thing right we're all over the place with the references or i am anyway it's like <laughs> whenever poochie's not on screen characters should be asking where's poochie so i feel like that was some of the studio notes coming out of the script. It's like, anytime Michael Myers isn't on screen, somebody should be saying, where's Michael Myers? So then you get this DJ character who's constant. And like, there are too many people in this film listening to terrestrial radio for my liking. But- oh my God. I don't, I can't even understand. Like literally <laughs> as soon as it was like Haddonfield's whatever. And I was like, Haddonfield has their own like radio station. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. If, if Haddonfield still has its own radio station, I guarantee you, somebody's recording the prod the 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 um the dj bits out of a studio in chicago and they're just (laughs) hitting play it's like willie the kid was laid off 10 years ago um (laughs) yeah however i will say that was a there was a a a very brief should have been longer um nice uh cameo appearance by darcy the male girl from um joe bob briggs's uh (laughs) last drive-in I was like, oh, it's Darcy. And she got killed off screen. Oh, okay. Well, fine. <laughs> it's how she'd want to go. Um, killed off screen. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, that's, I mean, that's another one of these things. It's like, it seems like David Gordon Green has some questions about, like, maybe he or a family member was once harmed by a local DJ and 
<laughs> I just said had to burn that radio tower and I don't know though it really was probably the best kill and that's the thing I will it is, say it is the best kill that the the bill the kills in this film are very pedestrian but that also makes sense because it's a guy doing it for the first time yeah so you know I was thinking about that I was like oh there aren't really any epic kills and I'm like oh but why would there be like there there wasn't an epic killer so <laughs> I mean, like, and also the movie starts from such a high place of, you know, like gore and sadism. It's it's never going to get back up there when you when you like start at the top of the roller coaster and, and, and go down that first dip. It's never quite the same. Like inertia doesn't pay off as it once did. So I, I appreciate they didn't try to top themselves in the course of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I. Uh, Am I misremembering or was there a previously on Halloween at the beginning of this film? <laughs> there was, right? There was a bunch of, because I remember I was in the theater with a friend for something else and the Halloween trailer came on and he said, do I need to watch the other two? And I'm like, I really don't think you do. And then when I was in the theater, I was like, well, no, you especially don't need to. Like, there's, there you go. I don't remember, like, it was kind of like when you turn around, it's like previously on Law and Order or whatever. A little on order doesn't really do previously on, but, um, but I mean, there's enough sort of juice and flashbacks and quick cuts to sort of like get you up to speed. And of course, like Lori's like enunciating a lot of this in her, um, I'm sorry, horribly written memoirs. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, considering her the way she spoke in her narration in uh, Halloween Kills, did you think she was going to be a good author? Uh, fair point although i mean i i mean she's good at so many things you know like uh, suddenly appearing behind people and uh interrogating them and then slipping out when their back is turned so i mean she should go with her skill set and i don't know maybe uh become a pi yeah laurie strode pi i'd watch that <laughs> yeah she can team up I mean, with will Patton. yeah yeah and i will say like i did i did like the trajectory of her story like i liked you know the fact that she was really working to move on mm. she's seeing a therapist she's writing a book whether it's good or not doesn't matter because just the act of like working through it i was like oh look this is this is what people are actually supposed to do when they have had some sort of traumatic event they're mm -hmm. supposed to work on getting better and figuring out like you know not why it happened. And I think mm. that that's part of it too. I think she, she becomes very much, um, and needs to tell the audience, you know, by the end, it's just like evil. It just happens. It just yeah. happens to some of us yeah. and we're here and we got to figure out how to move on from it. And Hey, you know, she, you know, she's probably going to get a pretty sweet deal on that book, you know, and it's going to be on the shelf next to Sydney Prescott's book. And yep, sure if, we can is. Get, if we can get some of the final girls from the Friday the 13th uh, franchise in the publishing business, I think we're, we're really onto something. I will say when Scream 5 came out, there was an interview, Jamie Lee Curtis interviewing uh, Nev Campbell, and mm -hmm. it was so sweet. I just, I really loved it. I was like, these two women, I just want to see them <laughs> talking all the time. This cool. is great. Well, maybe Sydney Prescott can join the PI business too. Um, <laughs> she does have a gun. She's she, Sydney Prescott. She does have a gun. That's right. 
she's <laughs> i really like where we're going we're, we're with this franchise next anyway that's it for this week's show we hope you liked it if you want to listen to it again you can find us on our website and creditsradioshow.com you can download it from the guelph politicast channel on podbean every friday or through your favorite podcast app at apple stitcher google TuneIn, and spotify and when you're on spotify you can find much of the playlist that you or much of the music, I should say. You can find much of the music that you hear on the show in a nice, convenient playlist. Just click on, or search for, I should say, end credits on CFRU in your Spotify app. You can find us on social media, on Facebook at End Credits Radio, and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. Candice, where can people find you on the internets? You can find me everywhere on the internet at sin48, that's C-I-N-N-4-8. I am days away from finishing my 100 horror movies and 92 days challenge. As of recording date, we're at 78, and as of airing date, I'm really hoping I'll be at maybe, I don't know, 83 or something? So, that seems like a lot of movies to watch before the 31st, but <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Well, you can always not sleep for a couple of days. Anyway, I'll be back here tomorrow at 5 p.m. for News and Politics on Open Source as well with Scotty Hertz. You can find me personally at Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson or check out my News and Politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca and you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another edition of Halloween end credits. I'm kidding. Just end credits. We will see you then, though. <laughs>